So I want to give um, a definition of what fire is, and it says the process in which substances combine to give out a bright light. Now those elements are oxygen, fuel, and heat, but those elements is not what I really want to focus on. The statement is, it's a process in which substances combine that brings out a bright light. Now, I relate that to the fire that we go through, meaning the fire is a combination of trials, tests, tribulations, storms that's going to bring out our bright light in Christ. Amen? Amen. Now, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing is happening to you. Now, when we believe a fiery trial is a strange thing, we give leeway to the enemy to sow seeds of doubt, to sow seeds of worry. Now, what is the first thing we do as believers when we, when we think it's a strange thing that's happening to us? A lot of the time we say, the devil is a liar. Lord, I rebuke this thing in front of me. Lord, remove this thing right now. But maybe God's trying to remove a behavior pattern from you. Maybe God is trying to remove some old things out of you so you can step into the new. So that's the whole purpose of us as believers. We're, we're, we're letting go of the old, stepping into the new to become bearers and becoming formed into the image of God. Amen? Amen. Come on. Yes. Somebody say perspective. perspective. Amen. So in Mark chapter 4, verse 35, this is a passage where the disciples are on the boat with Jesus and a great windstorm breaks out. Now, they're on the boat. Now, straight away, the disciples are in fear. They look around at Jesus, and he's fast asleep. Jesus probably, he probably, he probably has his mouth open, just fast asleep. Now, the disciples, they're in fear. They wake Jesus up, and check this. They say to Jesus, teacher, don't you care that we are perishing? The storm around them is happening, and their perception is we are perishing. Now, when we see a storm, when we go through a fiery trial, when we see that as this storm is coming to overcome us, we see ourselves as victims, when truly we are overcomers in Christ. We are victors in Christ. This is our inheritance as children of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, for an olive to be turned into oil, it needs to be crushed. There needs to be a crushing that we go through as believers. There has to be a crushing. We spent, for those who've made the decision to give their lives to Christ, we, we have lived a whole life of being conformed to the world. We have been formed into iniquity. And for us to, be, to really walk in the image of God, to really receive what he's called us to do, there needs to be a shedding of the old. We need to be crushed. If we just endure a little longer, we will see what God is trying to produce out of us. The anointing, the blessing that God wants to do through us. Amen. Do we have a church in here? Amen. Now, what I've realized when I go through my fiery trials is it's happening to me, but it's not for me. It's happening to me, but it's not for me. Now, have, has anyone ever gone through a fiery trial, a situation where it's it's so big, it's, it's so daunting to you. Now, you probably listen to a testimony of someone that's gone through the exact same thing that mirrors what you're going through, and it's encouraged you, it's giving you strength. It's like a cloak of strength has come on you, and it's encouraged you in your storm. That's exactly what I'm saying today. I'm saying that what you're going through is going to uplift someone else. It's going to get someone else through that storm. And this is why testimonies are so important, because... The word says we overcome the enemy with the blood of the lamb and the word of our what? Testimony. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to end with this. And it says um, in Romans 5.3, not only so, but 
we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. What you're going through right now is going to give you strength to persevere. Stay in the fire. Stay in the fire. There is purpose in the fire. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because of his compassions fell not. The fire will not consume you. King Nebuchadnezzar threw three men in the fire. But he looked in the fire and he said, there's a fourth man in there. There's a fourth man in the fire and his, his, his figure is like a son of God. And these men were not consumed. So I'm telling, I came here today to tell you that there is another in the fire with you. You are not consumed by the fire. We don't just want to be heard. We want you to listen. We don't just want to be seen. We want to be found. Feeling as if we are see-through like glass, but if you could see past, we are confused and broken. Some of us broken, half-molded and broken again. We shall overcome the racist and discriminating infrastructures deliberately placed for our demise. We shall overcome the trees of trauma that trapped us in the shade and kept us in the cage of silence. We shall overcome the self-fulfilling prophecies inflicted, leaving us conflicted in a deep, dark place, profound. We shall overcome not just being seen, but being heard. We shouldn't just be seen and not heard. We shall overcome the mistreatment from teachers at school, sabotaging aspirations resembling serpents. We shall overcome someday the institutional racism, systemic discrimination and intersectional injustices. For deep in my heart, teachers, parents, leaders, I do know that old keys cannot unlock new doors. Bishop Wade Malcolm. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I salute you, but one hand cannot clap, church. <laughs> Save that. 15 years old. 15, he began his Christian journey and gave his life to Christ. And look how far we've come. I don't believe that his vision for us, the next generation, is what we see here today. This is only the beginning. So ask yourselves, do you invest in us? Do you talk to us? Do you even know our names? As the next generation, we want roles. We want to be evangelists. We want to be ushers. We want to be used by and for God. And going on by the vision of our leader, we want to take over the whole marketplace. Yeah. We want to be MPs. We want to be doctors. We want to be lawyers. We want to be attorneys. We want to be solicitors. We want to be pilots. We want to be software engineers. We want to be psychologists. We want to be millionaires. Proverbs 18 verse 16 says that our gift makes room for us. Where better to start than here, church? As many of you know, faith without works is dead, right? It's not just about having faith the size of a mustard seed, but it's about what you do with it. It's about planting, it's about sowing, it's about nurturing. Faith. One of the hallmarks of all biblical heroes, Abraham and Sarah who believed God for the impossible. Esther, queen of faith. She had faith, even though her faith would be challenged, she pulled through and trusted God. And because of her faith, 
she saved a people. David, shepherd boy, because of his faith turned warrior to a king. You say you believe in the next generation. But what are you doing for the next generation? The Hebrew word for faith is amina, which translates into to do. You say you believe in the next generation. But what are you doing for the next generation? Hashtag, we have a voice. Hashtag, we want to be heard. Hashtag, we need you. Hashtag, please listen. Thank you. So as they have said, they want to be heard. Do you know their name? What are you doing to invest in them? If we're saying we're building up the leaders for tomorrow, we need to have a hand in their, them having a tomorrow, right? We have a voice. They have a voice. Put your hands together again for the children's ministry. Amen. Amen. So moving on, and boy, do we have a treat for you, okay? And unfortunately, this is going to be our last person that comes on before I hand over to Dr. Bishop Wayne Malcolm to introduce the main speaker. But I want you to indulge me to encourage a young spoken word artist who hails from East London and is known by the name of Poetess Jess. And I just want to brag on her a little bit just before she comes on stage. So she graduated from the Guildhall School of Music and Drama. So top things, you know. She has the honor or has had the honor of presenting her ministry on TBN, Premier Gospel, BBC TV, BBC Radio, the MOBO Awards, PIA, which is Poets in Autumn, if you know and most recently has graced the main stage of the Big Church Day Out. She has been blessed with winning um, the award for Best Faith-Based Spoken Word Artist in 2019, and even most recently, Best UK Poet in 2021. She has a mandate, and her mission is to touch and transform lives through her spoken word. So I want us to give a warm welcome, a really warm welcome, be upstanding for Poetess Jess. Come on, clap her onto the stage, guys. Clap her onto the stage. Can we bless the Lord? Amen. I'm Poetess Jess. First, giving glory to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the author and the finisher of my faith. I don't want to welcome your overseer, your leader, Bishop Wayne Malcolm. God bless you. And you, Pastor D. Bless you. And to all of you wonderful saints of God, give yourself a round of applause. Amen. Amen. Is that Brini? Amen. God bless you, my love. Ah, last night I was at, um, I was at Ruwak. I had the honor of being at Ruwak. And it was also their little takeover. And I'm honored to be here today. So I haven't got long, so I'm going to get out of your way. I'm going to try and do two in the 10 minutes that I have. Um, so you know what we do, what, what we do in spoken word? We do this thing where we, we click, right? So can I hear your clicks? All right, but forget clicking. I need you to make some noise. Make some noise. Can this side make some noise? Can this side make some noise? All right, the anointing's over here, so let me just... Let me minister to the people that are on this side of the of the room. <laughs> I'm joking. All right, so here we go. Did you know that you were graced for purpose? And everything that you went through in your life, you went through on purpose. Only for you to give birth to your purpose. See, you were designed for destiny. You were called to be mighty. You you are a landmark of greatness. Your character is courageous. Your energy is contagious. Your mindset is blameless. You are giving and gracious. You are not selfish, but you are selfless. And it's not that you do not think about yourself. You just think of yourself less. 
So get rid of all that heavy weight so that you can become weightless because today you will understand that excess is not needed for access. And please, close that final chapter in your life. You are not a book. You cannot be read, but you are the Kindle. Isaac, you are the light to the flame. Just allow the Lord to light you like matches. The world can't match this because you, you are matchless. And please, stop going back to see if they finally understand you. If they didn't understand you back then and you've grown, why would they understand you now when you've come into your own? Please dust off your crown, go sit on your thrones because you are the star that everyone is wishing on. I want you to know that it's your hour, it's your season, and your set time has come. So, Minister Nadine, before you quit, remember why you started. Remember why you lit that flame and remember why you sparked it. Remember why your peak is still worth climbing and why you can't stop. And why you've got to keep on striving. Remember everything happens in God's timing. It's all about aligning and appointed timing. See, it's so easy for you to walk away because you feel like you're being left behind in your own lane. You keep swerving from lane to lane and you find yourself in the watchman's lane. Some of you sit down and watchman's lane. Some of you can't even pass memory lane. What a shame. Maybe you slipped, you tripped and you can't even pass it. I know that some of you can't call it the past and in a pandemic it was good for you because you masked it. But I'm so happy that life today, life today is going to come and give you a slap in the face. Only for you to touch base with yourself because you've been sleeping on yourself. But listen, don't ever let your setback set you back. And if you take a blow, you better blow back. Tell your haters that it's never going to blow back. Know that. Know that your mind is like soil and whatever seed you plant will unfold. I've been told that the very trees, they lose their leaves only to blossom in the summer. That means you, Bishop, you are on the come up. Just realign, growing from the ground up, Bishop, you are a vine. Stop focusing on life the wrong way, focus on your finish. Come on now. See, your race is not their race. So stop comparing your beginning to somebody else's middle. Lanes are parallel and guess what? We're all just in the middle. Don't ever think that your failure is defeat. Don't ever think that your progress is little. Do not choose to be defeated because you are not an inconvenience. What you are is a convenience, undefeated. And if I can get you to believe this, then lesson one is completed. Hands up if you believe in affirmation. We, sh we should do the Bible says to speak those things that are not the, as though they were. It says life and death lies in the power of the tongue. So we're going to affirm ourselves, right? So we're going to tap our hands on our chest. And I want you to say to yourself, say this being, I don't believe you. No, you're not meant to say that. I'm telling you I don't believe you. <laughs> say this being, is becoming. Come on, guys, we need to declare some things. Say, this being is becoming. Say, this being is upcoming. Say, this being is forthcoming. This being is overcoming. Listen, this being is coming back for everything that the enemy ever stole from me. My confidence, my self-esteem, my dignity and my sanity. Now is the time that we no longer stop. But we just take pauses. We don't look back, but we keep moving forward. So before you quit, remember why you started. Remember why you lit that flame and remember why you sparked it. Remember why your peak is still worth climbing and why you can't stop. And why you, why you've got to keep on climbing. And why you, why you've got to keep on smiling. And why you, why you've got to keep on fighting. And why you, why you've got to stop crying. And why you, why you've got to keep on thriving. And why you, why you've got to keep on shining. And why you, why you've got to keep on trying. And why you, and you, and you, and you, and you, 
powerful one. Oh, bless the Lord. Come on, bless the Lord. Bless him, bless him, bless him. Don't give up. Don't give up. They say the richest place on earth is the graveyard. But we are in the land of the living. Don't give up. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I'm going to do one more. Have I got is it one more? And I'm going to get out your way. Taking up too much time. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. So this next piece, I was really contemplating if I do this piece or I do another piece. But this piece is really speaking to the church about our heart posture. Oftentimes I find that we are so emotionally moved. We hear things and we like to be moved by the spirit. And we come into the presence but we remain the same. So we are a charged people that are not changed. But it's all about change but it also got to do with the posture of our hearts. Amen. So this piece is called A Message to the Heart about the matters of the heart. Someone shout out the heart. The heart. Say the heart. the heart. Okay, here we go. The heart. It is a place where we depict true character. Personalities, purities, immorality, spirituality. A place where we express both love and hate. See, from the heart we say that love covers and love strips. But it's from the same heart that we speak from bitter lips. A place where we imagine, where we remember, where we understand, it's where we're wise. It's the heart that carries unforgiveness like a backpack. It is the heart that chastises and tells lies. See, this heart is wicked. It pretends. It tries. It plays games, Isaac. It covets. It lies. Nadine, it is the inner man's self that thinks, that feels, that decides. I've come to learn that the heart, it's interchangeable with the mind. Ultimately, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? But the Bible says, I, the Lord, I search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and the fruit of his doing. But guess what I can? Our hearts are ruined. Our hearts are out of service. Our hearts are out of place. See, when I examine the body of Christ today, all we seem to be doing is seeking God's hand instead of his face. Our hearts have grown cold and have turned into stone that our worship, our worship has become an exhibition of art. We have mastered the art of having the form of godliness without the God in us. See, we know how to pray and play the part. We just move our lips with a silent heart. That's why many of us, many of us come to church with the wrong intention. But we know what to do to grab God's attention. See, we just need to give him a little tequila, you know, barack in the pew. Make our praise reachable. Because we understand that God inhabits the praises of his people. Some of us, some of us have invented a God in whom we feel comfortable, Bishop. That way we can live the lifestyle that we want and still feel religiously comfortable. Now our uncomfortable lifestyles become so comfortable. Did that just make you a tad uncomfortable? See, we want him when we need something, but when we get him, we forget him. What you need to understand is the devil knows how to take God out of the program. If you don't believe me, check your Sunday service programs. It's our program without God on the program. I think it's time that we put God back on the program and get with them. Come on now. Even the young people. See, their hearts have been seduced by the worship of other gods. And they have not seen it fit to cast down any vain imagination that seeks itself against God. That is why they can be here today and still go back home and watch pornography without any conviction. If only they had turned that distorted cross the right way up and aligned their hearts to the crucifixion. 
Because of our hearts, many of us are still bound, still subject to our condition. And we keep praying to God and we're saying, God, why is there no change in my condition? It's because our hearts have been conditioned. Church, I think it's time that we check the heart's condition. See, once the heart is changed, then the mind is changed and the life is changed. But Bishop, it grieves me to say that we, we have been given a disservice because we have not been taught to prepare our hearts to the Lord for service. You see, service, it's a reflection of the heart. So how then, Shania? How, how then do I yield this bitter heart, this hating heart, this lying heart, this unrepenting heart, this unrighteous heart, this unforgiving heart, this racist heart, this chastising heart, this ungrateful heart, this unforgiving heart, this bitter heart. Church, we need to repent, 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 and ask the Lord to create in us a clean. Blessed be the name of the Lord, but wretched be the ways of a man. Why? Because we have been reflecting the same pain that was in Christ's hand because our own hearts have been getting in the way of his plan. Lord, nothing in my hands I bring, but God, simply to the cross I cling. God, I am asking you to have mercy according to your mercy. Yes, in sin were we born, but God, somewhere in adorning our flesh, we acknowledged our mess and God, we realized that we had become complacent. Lord, we are arrived and we worshipped our own arrangements God we have not yet died to self but God this morning we cry out for help Lord let our hearts beat again let our hearts breathe again until I meet with you again God stir up this heart that is beneath my skin Lord my lips sing praises but my heart is so far from thee Lord remove the scales from my eyes so that I can see oh to be his hand extended Lord, I render my heart, Lord, on knees bended. Church, we've got to come to a place of repentance. And once we have repented, just ask the Lord to renew your mind. Say, Lord, give me a mind like Christ so I can do what's right and pleasing in your sight. And finally, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, Tried and true, with thanksgiving, I will be a living sanctuary for you. Can we bless the Lord? I'm Poetess Jess. Thank you for having me. God bless you. God bless you. And God bless you. Church. Incredible. Incredible. Put your hands together again for Poetess Jess. But also for Jesus. Because I don't know if you deeped it, but for some of you, maybe she was just talking. But for me, when I was listening, all I could hear was scripture, 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 scripture. The kind of scripture that corrects, reproves, rebukes. That is a woman who has eaten her word. And I want you to encourage all of you guys today to get in your word and let that word transform you, to transform your heart. She said, once your mind, once your heart is transformed, your mind is transformed together once again for Poetess Jess. Thank you so much for gracing ICANN Community Church with your gift. So guys, we've come to the finale of the service and I want to thank you for having me as your hostess for this segment. But right now at this, <laughs> at this juncture, I want to hand over to Dr. Bishop. your neighbor you know what it's, it's a little more baseline maybe on, on this mic here look at your neighbor okay I want you to shake your neighbor's hand okay now if you especially if you sanitize before you can just shake your neighbor's hand look right in their eyes and say neighbor I'm so glad that you are sitting next to me God bless you so 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 very much now would you be seated for just a moment? I'm going to be introducing uh, our, uh, our speaker. 
in just a moment, but I do want to say uh, to the next gen that God is for you. And because God is for you, no one or no thing can be against you. Every weapon formed against you will fail to prosper, but it will succeed at elevating you to your next level. I'm so very proud of you, and this service is very much my heartbeat. You know, it's the beat of my soul, because I've been at this now for several decades. Yeah, several decades. And I do understand that our race is not a sprint, it's not a marathon, it's a relay race. Wish I had some help. Our race is not a sprint or a marathon, it's a relay race. And what that really means is that our teammates, our real teammates, are not beside us. They are behind us and before us. And unless you are part of a team that has people behind you and people before you, you're not even in the race. Wish I had some help in here today. Okay? So, the skill in winning the relay is as follows. The next runner must take off running before the last runner stopped. You don't wait till what is current expires. You take off running. And what happened today has thrilled my soul because I saw you running. I saw Shania running. I know the anointing to preach the gospel is upon your life. And there's a fire a supernatural flame that anyone in the spirit can see it around you. You remind me of me at your age ish. Aaron! Where did you come from, bruh? I know where you came from because I know who was before you, I know who put the baton in your hand. Children's Church, Children's Church, Children's Church, uh, protesting. Did you see how many of them are outside protesting right now? We have a voice. We have a one out here protesting, and we hear you. Okay? Nadine, I'm going to get some counseling for the trauma that I experienced when I saw you. I'm going to overcome. I know I will recover. We shall, we shall recover. Amen. Talu. Talu. Take the, you take the olive, you crush it, and out comes the oil. Grace. What? What? All the announcers, children making announcements, and everything just so very beautiful. So, prophetess Jess. telling you that if I was Samuel right now, I would be so nervous. <laughs> you know when you, you know you're gonna preach somewhere and someone gets up just before you. All I'm doing is helping him. I'm taking a bit of time just to help him out right now. Change that. I might sing or something. And he's gonna give him confidence, right? But no, he hasn't. You. These are not. These are not just. 
rhyming, eloquent words. These are divine thoughts translated into language that touches our heart. And you don't just speak them, you animate and you emanate them. And I, I felt it for people who were walking in while you were speaking. I'm thinking, what are they thinking? What they're hearing, just fire in the house. They must be thinking, I need to get in and see what's happening. And fire indeed. Uh, I want you to know, uh, wherever your church home is, uh, you know, I don't inveigle people. I'm just publicly announcing that you have another home. It's right here at ICANN Community. And you're welcome anytime to do what you do. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> All right. So, there's a young man in the house. I'm going to induce, introduce him in just a moment. I think I've known him all his life. I think I've known him all his life. All his conscious life, at least. I think he came into consciousness hearing my voice. And uh, love him so very much. He's going to be delivering the word for today. I think the first time that I introduced this young man to speak was in the sunny island of Jamaica. And he took the microphone and in 10 minutes, 15 minutes, electrified the audience. God called him to speak. Not necessarily to preach in the traditional sense. But he motivates, he inspires, he challenges, he edifies audiences of all sorts and all types. We love him so very much. I encourage you to follow him. He goes by the name of Samuel Speaks. I want you to receive him as you would me. Make some noise. Raise the roof as I welcome everyone. Samuel Speaks. I don't know if anyone's had a tough week this week. I need every single person here to just give God a massive, massive round of applause. You could have been anywhere else in the world today, but you decided to be there in church. And I know you left a message in the house for someone tonight or today. Just give God a praise. Give God a praise. It's crazy, there's, if, if you know me, if you really know me, if you've been in ICANN from the beginning of time, you will know who I am. Before Samuel speaks, I was just young Sam running around. Me, Andrew, <laughs> Ruben, Omar, Aaron. Um, and and it's, it's an honor, it's a privilege to be here today. You can be seated, you can be seated. Um, but, but the biggest thing I want to do before I do anything, because there's so many different people in this room that I could thank. There's so many different people that I could thank for helping me uh, create the man I am today. But one of the biggest people I want to really thank. See, I don't know if any of you know this, but when you're a speaker, when you're a new speaker, nobody cares about what you got to say. <laughs> nobody cares. You're just an excited person with an in quotes message and nobody cares. So what you need as a speaker is you need someone who takes what I call a risk. They see a diamond in you. They see a gem in you. And for whatever reason, they say, Do you know what? I'm going to take the risk. Even though I'm putting my reputation on the line, I'm going to take the risk and I'm going to put this person on. And just like he said, uh, in the sunny island of Jamaica, Bishop Wayne Malcolm gave me my, my first time to speak. So please give a massive, massive round of applause to the father of the house tonight. It's crazy, it's crazy, it's crazy. So how, how many of you know parents in the house? How many of you know when you have a child, you have a child and sometimes you send them to the shop or you send them to do something. And what happens is they go to the shop, they go and get exactly what it is you want, but they deviate somehow and they come back with a, a few different items. Any parents ever had that? Any parents? Okay, cool. So today, Bishop, I'm slightly going to do that today. It's the it's blessing of being a father. But I don't want you to be in your seat worried or nervous or anything, but I'm slightly going to deviate today. You see, Bishop gave me a title for today's message, and it was finding your purpose, living your dream. So the message was finding your purpose, living your dream. The problem I have sometimes when I go to speak in places is that when I go to work on my material, I'm always challenged. And whenever I'm challenged, I know it's God saying that there's something right here that you need to see. And I need you to see it because when you go and deliver this word, because God doesn't send his soldiers into war for no reason. 
So when you go and deliver this word, I need you to deliver a specific word. And, and what kept happening was I kept remembering my journey of finding my purpose. And you see, before you find your purpose, something happens. And one thing I was doing was that I was running away from my purpose every single week. So the message today is slightly changed, slightly tweaked. So Bishop, don't worry, we're still on the same purpose path. But instead of it being finding your purpose, living your dream, today's message is going to be stop running from your purpose so that you can live your dream. When you look up the word purpose in a dictionary, it says the reason for which, for which something was done, the reason for which something was made, the reason why something was created, the reason why something exists. And the thing about your purpose, you have to understand that no matter what it is you do, you cannot run away from your purpose. Look at your neighbor and say, you can't run from your purpose. No matter where it is you go, what it is you do, you cannot run from your purpose. And here's an example. There's a story of two guys. And you have these two guys. They were raised in the church. They were grown up in the church. And, and, and at the age of seven, someone pulled them aside and said, look, you, one of them was an amazing drummer. And the other guy was just amazing when it came to performing arts. And someone pulled them aside and said, listen, these guys, you, you are really living out your purpose. And they knew it. They felt it within themselves that they were living out their purpose. They knew that this is what they wanted to do. The drummer was one of the best drummers in this church. And the guy who did performing arts, he did amazing. He loved it. In school, he was amazing. When it came to church, he was in all the plays. And that's what they'd done. They just kept living out their purpose and they kept running and chasing their purpose. But something happened. And, and as they got older... When they started getting older, one of them continued to live their purpose, and that was the drummer. He said, you know what, I'm going to keep going. I know it's hard. I know it's tough. I know I've been rejected at auditions. I know there's shows that I've tried to get on and I've not been able to get on it, but I'm going to keep trying anyway. Why? Because I'm living my purpose. So he keeps chasing it. He keeps running after it. But the other guy, he says, because it started getting hard, he wasn't really getting the acting jobs that he wanted. He wasn't really getting in that space of performing. He said, you know what? I'm going to change my course and I'm going to chase the money. I don't know if anyone's ever stared off course because life's got hard and you decided that you was going to go and chase something else. Well, this is exactly what happens. And here's the first thing I want anyone that's taking notes to write down is that no matter where it is you go, your purpose is always going to follow you. Because when God gives you something and ordains something on your life, he's always going to make sure it shows up no matter where it is you go. So you have two guys who are going through life relentlessly and one guy, you know what, even though he loved performing arts so much and even though everyone said you're amazing at this thing, he said, you know what, I'm going to chase this money and he ends up becoming an estate agent. And when he becomes an estate agent, surprisingly, he does really well. In fact, he does superbly well. He makes exactly what he wants. He makes the money. But here's the thing about your purpose. When you step out of line of what God's ordained you to do, what you're doing is you're not chasing your purpose. You're just chasing the things of this world. And how many people know the things of this world can disappear in a moment? And as he's going through life, he keeps seeing his friend living his dream. And the tough times that his friend had as a drummer, he was struggling. He wasn't able to get auditions. But now he started seeing his friend turning up in all these different places and performing for all these different artists. And he says to himself, I know he's chasing his purpose, but it's not, he's not making the money I'm making. So he stays being an estate agent, but after a while, he starts to realize that because he stepped out of his purpose, he's not really getting the things he really wants. When Bishop talks about chasing your dream, the only way you're going to chase your dream is you stop running away from the thing that God's designed you for, and that's your purpose. And he got to a moment and he said, okay, cool, do you know what? I'm going to stare away. I'm going to try and maybe get back on track. But he still wanted the money. That was the most important thing to him. So when he goes to chase the money, he, he, he says to himself, okay, cool, you know what? This is not working for me anymore. The estate agency, I'm going to leave it because everything was going against his morals, his values. And he said, you know what? For the moment, I'm just going to leave it and let it be. So he ends up ironically working in a place that his friend now comes to perform. And they shake hands and, and they touch and agree. And they're like, man, it's amazing to see you. And no matter where he was going, people kept saying to him, are you not chasing your dream anymore? Are you not following your passion anymore? And he kept saying, nah, 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 I'm chasing the money, I'm chasing the money. And his friend said to him, when he met his friend, his friend says to him, 
man, I haven't seen you on stage in years. Are you still chasing that dream? And at that moment, he said, nah, I'm not stuttering, didn't really know what to say. But he, he, he deflected the attention. He said, that doesn't matter, though, because you're still living yours. Have an amazing night. All right? And he's backstage. He's chilling backstage. He's doing his thing. And he, his friend says, I'm about to go out. He says, no problems. Go out. His friend goes out. And then what happens is this guy hears all this screaming. He hears all this screaming, he hears all this shouting, and he was confused because the main artist wasn't actually out there on stage. She was actually backstage. So he didn't understand what was going on. So he runs into this arena, and he gets to the back of the arena. And as he gets to the back of the arena, and he looks out, what he sees, he hears a lot of people screaming. He sees a lot of people shouting. He sees a lot of people jumping up and down. But that's not really what he sees. What he sees is his friend living out his purpose. And at that moment, he realized that the anger that was building up inside him, he wasn't angry at the fact that his friend had made it and was doing his, friend, uh, doing his thing. He was angry at the fact that he stepped out of his purpose to try and chase the things of this world. And one thing I want to say to someone in here is if you keep running and chasing the things of this earth, the things that you actually want are going to run further away from you. Because God gave you a purpose, and I'm here to tell you that your purpose is to walk in that purpose, and you will get the things that you really want. You can't catch your dreams or get your, you want to live in that nice house, drive that nice car, but you don't want to live your purpose. How does that make sense? So what he does, he's angry, he runs home, and here's the next thing he does. He acknowledges the fact that he has a purpose. He goes home, he writes on the sheet of paper all the things that he's great at, and the story says that he ends up writing the one thing that he was always great at, and that was speaking in front of people, talking to people, and doing performing arts. So he vowed that in 2014, he was going to start making videos, and he does his first video, he posts it, and people start messaging him. He, he does his second video and posts it, and people start messaging him. And how many people understand that when you now start chasing your purpose, what starts happening is people start reaching out to you and asking you for advice. People start seeing that you're living your purpose, you're running in your purpose, and now they're inspired to run in theirs too. So as he's doing that, there's a reason why now that guy who stopped chasing his purpose is in front of you today on Sunday because I said to myself that enough was enough. I, got, I know that God has something on my life. And if I don't chase my purpose, if I keep running away from my purpose, I'm not going to be able to live the life that I want. You see, me, you see me abroad in flashy cars. You see me living a life nice down now. And that's because of one decision I made. And that was like, I'm going to now start running my purpose because God's given it to me. The thing about chasing your purpose is it's the reason you exist. The definition said it's the reason you exist. God didn't create us in this world for no reason. He created us because we have a purpose in this world. And if you want to really catch the things that you want, then you have to start living your purpose. You have to start living in your purpose. And the crazy thing about purpose and, and the crazy thing about that part of the story was that I remember every single week I came to church, somebody would say, are you not doing that thing anymore? No matter where I went, somebody would always say, are you not running that thing anymore? So I don't know who it is that I'm speaking to in this room tonight, but I know, like I said, God doesn't send his soldiers anywhere for no reason. So if it's you in this room tonight, whether it's one person, two people, or ten people, I need you to understand something, and it's this. Your purpose, we need. If I don't chase my purpose, I'm not in front of you today. If Bishop doesn't chase his purpose, this building isn't here today. If the person that created these chairs doesn't follow out their purpose, you're not sitting in a chair today. If, if, if God doesn't create your purpose, listen, your purpose is the reason you exist. You go through life struggling and, 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 and go through life angry with God saying, God, why don't I have what that person has? Why, don't, why, don't, why is my family not like that family? Why don't, why don't I, I, I have, you promised me I was going to get all these things. God says, I promised you, you were going to get all these things, but you're not walking in your purpose. You're walking somewhere else. 
If I get sent out on a mission to do something and the mission is simple, go to A to B. If I go A and then for some reason I want to then deviate and go to C, I can't complain at the things that I see if they're not the way that I thought it was going to be. So stop complaining about the things that you're going through right now and realize that if you start acknowledging the fact that you have a purpose and if you stop running away from your purpose, today things will change. The reason for which something was done, the reason for which something was created, the reason why something exists. Your purpose is the reason you exist. Your purpose is the thing that fuels you. And one thing I realized when I ran out of that path and I started chasing other things was that everything ran further away from me. You want nice, the house, car, and all of these beautiful things, nice health and all of that. They were all running further and further away from me. And one thing I'll let you know about God is God will humble you quickly when you think you're in charge. <laughs> I remember 2016, I went to Miami. I was living my best life. For any old people in here, best life means just, you know, living good. <laughs> And what happened was I, I ended up, uh, I, I didn't know I was allergic to a family type. Uh, Ola would know this, I can't remember the name, but anyway, naproxen and ibuprofen, whatever the family type is, I didn't know that I had an allergic reaction to it. And I had really bad pains in Miami. And I don't know if anyone's ever been anywhere and had a great time and you don't want that great time to stop. I was willing to take tablets for it. And um, I, I, I never, I had never ever taken tablets in my life. You have to understand something. I'm 33 years old now, 2016, can't remember how old I was, someone did the maths, but I had never taken a tablet in my life, ever. Caribbean, my grand used to just say, rum solves everything. <laughs> I'd never taken a tablet, and it's one time I take a tablet, I have a crazy experience abroad, I'm, I'm feeling dizzy, I'm feeling faint, but nothing happens while I'm in Miami. When I get back, I, I was an estate agent, I, anyone that knows me, I'm very competitive, I was ruthless in my office. I was number one before I left, I came back, I was number three on the board, so I, I said to myself, I'm going to have to do more. So I stayed late, and what happens, I was feeling faint in the office, everyone's left. I go and do a view, viewing with a client, and I collapse on main road. My head's burst open, blood's pouring down my face, and when I talk about God humbling you, it's because I thought I was the man. All the money that I was making, all the things that I was doing, I now went to Miami, lived my best life, and God was saying, okay, cool. <laughs> Let me just remind you that I'm in control. And I was in hospital for ages for anyone that knows and had to have operations on my stomach because I was internally bleeding, lost two liters of blood and had no idea that that was what was happening in my body. But God humbled me to say to me that, listen, I've given you a purpose. If you don't start living it, I will make sure somebody else does. I need everyone to stand with me. I've got two minutes left. I need everyone to stand for this final point. I want you to hold the hands of the person standing next to you. There's a guy named Dave Shaw. Uh, Dave Shaw was a diver. I'm, I'm really interested in the ocean. You will never catch me in it. <laughs> but I'm really interested in the ocean because did you know that the God that we serve has created a world that you don't, you, we're just surface level. There's, there's, there's a world underneath in the ocean. We've got fishes we've never, ever seen in our lives. And this guy named Dave Shaw, he's an amazing guy. And this is my final point. Amazing guy. And he's a diver, one of the best divers in the world. And he goes to break this record. And he dives down in the ocean. And he goes 271 meters. Never, ever been done before at the time that he had done it. He dives down. He goes down 271 meters. And when he's down there, the crazy thing is, accidentally, he bumps into a body of someone who had died 10 years previously underwater. Let me say that again. Someone who died and everyone knew it, everyone knew about this cave that he dived in, he had died previously, 10 years before. When Dave gets back to shore after breaking the record, he didn't care about the excitement of the record anymore. The first thing he done was he phoned the family and said, I found your son's body. And Dave says, do you know what? I promise you, and hear me, I promise you I'm going to get you your son back. You got to think for 10 years, a mother, a father knew that their son had passed, but they had no way of getting his body. And Dave said, you know what? I'm going to go under there. I'm going to, I'm going to dive. I'm going to do it. I've done it once. I'm going to do it again. So they set it up months after setting it up. Dave goes down there. He's practiced. He's gone down there. He gets down to the body. He opens up the body bag. And what Dave starts doing is putting the body in the bag. Now, the problem is sometimes when you go deep in the ocean, 
even though you've practiced things before, when it comes to the real thing, sometimes complications can occur. And you're going to chase your purpose and there's going to be complications. You're going to chase your dreams, there's going to be problems. You're going to chase your stuff, it's going to be awkward. But one thing Dave done was he said to everyone before he went down there, if anything happens to me, none of you risk your lives, leave me to it. And unfortunately, Dave dies under there because he got tangled up in a rope trying to put the body into this bag. Stay with me. As he's got the body in the bag, uh, 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 and, and, and the diver that he was with goes all the way back up and said, Dave's not coming back. Dave isn't coming back. Ah. They start to then, three days later, they pray and everything around the ocean, and they go down there and they start lifting up the body. And people were sad. They were like, Dave went in there to go and get the body of this guy after breaking a record, and he didn't even get to come back with the body. And they're bringing Dave out. And as they're bringing Dave out, somebody screams and said, something's attached to him. Something's attached to him. And he runs, he runs away. And, 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 and what happened was, it wasn't a rock connected to Dave. It wasn't a fish. It wasn't parts of the ocean. Dave was connected to his purpose. The body of the guy that he went in there to go and get, when they pulled Dave out, unbeknown to them, because he was tangled up, the, the, the body of the person was attached to him and he was able to come back out with that body, which means that Dave did actually carry out his purpose. And I want to say to someone today to stop running from your purpose because my final point is everyone is affected by your purpose. The family got their body back. Yes, someone will argue and say, but Dave lost his family, but Dave lived out his purpose. And some of us were so scared to go through life and be in that dark cave. We're so scared of taking risks and standing out and going to get that, that person and going to save someone. But let me tell you, whoever's in here running from your purpose, we need that song that you're writing. Whoever's running away from your purpose, we need that play that you're writing. Whoever's running from your purpose, someone in the future is going to need you to save their life. So we need you to go and get that degree. Whoever's running from your purpose, I don't know who it is, but I'm here to tell you today. Squeeze that person's hand tight and close your eyes as I pray. I'm here to tell you that your purpose was God-given. I'm here to tell you that the hard times that you're going through do not last forever. And in order for you to get your dreams, in order for you to get to the end, just keep running towards your purpose because God has given that to you and no one can take it away from you. Many, many, many people swam in that ocean that Dave swam in. Not one of them saw the body because it wasn't their purpose. And God designed you to stand out. God designed you to be who you are today. And Heavenly Father, I speak into everyone's life today. As they hold each other's hands, Lord Father, I pray. As they hold each other's hands, Lord Father, I, I pray that you give them the confidence to go back to their purpose. I pray, Lord Jesus, that just as Dave dove in the water, I pray that we dive after our purpose for you. I pray that we keep moving through life and every struggle that we have, I pray you make us understand that the struggles are nothing compared to the, the magnitude of the purpose that you've given our life. It's going to be hard. We get it. It's going to be tough. But God wants you to know that it's going to be worth it. And you may be struggling today. But tomorrow's a new day. And one saying that I love is that the storm doesn't last forever. Sunshine has to come. So as you touch and agree today, understand that God is saying your purpose is yours. First thing you have to do is stop running from it and understanding that I'm always going to bring it up no matter where it is you go. Second thing is acknowledging the fact that I've given you something to exist in this world, not just to glide through life and, and live it willingly. No, I've given you a specific purpose, so I need you to acknowledge that so I now can start moving to you. And the final thing I need you to know I need you to know that I didn't give you this purpose for no reason. I gave you this purpose so that every single person could be affected. And the more you run away from your purpose, the more you run away from your purpose, the further away from the things your heart desire will be. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you.
You've been listening to a live sermon at ICANN Community Church. We hope that you feel inspired, informed, and empowered to take your life to the next level. We want to build a relationship with you, whether you attend ICC or not. Of course, we would love for you to visit or even to join. But if that's not possible, we can still stay in touch. Go to our website at www.icancommunitychurch.com and subscribe to our mailing list for updates on special events which may be coming to an area near you. Until next time, this is Bishop Wayne Malcolm saying God bless you.